Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. I am here with Pratt Rogers. I am Stephen Willis. This is an extra edition of the Locked On Ole Miss podcast, and we're going to talk about big wins, where that ranks, and we're probably just going to talk a little bit about the Ole Miss football program at large right now because there are some players that are all of a sudden are taking official visits to Ole Miss now, and there's a lot of good stuff that is happening for Ole Miss football. So how are you doing, Pratt? And doing great. How are you? Glad to glad to be on, especially on such a momentous occasion. Yeah, it, it was a good month. I, I, I told people on one of my podcasts this week that September was about survival because you have Alabama and LSU in the same month and you needed to find a way to get one of them and get past the other non-conference trap games. And Ole Miss did just that. And now every goal that they have is absolutely in front of them. Now, they need Alabama to lose a game or two or um, a three-way tie to happen, but that is possible. You have a situation where Auburn's going to be tricky, Texas A&M's going to be tricky, Georgia's going to be tricky, but not as tricky as we thought it was going into the season. And the rest of the schedule is a whole bunch of teams that's probably worse off than they normally are. Even this Arkansas team, you have Arkansas coming into Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. They're two and three. They are a desperately wounded animal. If if Arkansas loses this game, they go to two and four with Alabama in Bryant-Denny next. This is an interesting situation where Ole Miss has gone from the number one most difficult schedule in the country to just having a tricky pull of things, but maybe not as hard as we thought it was. Yeah, no doubt. Look, you mentioned Texas A&M. I watched the A&M-Arkansas game. You know, A&M's really starting to scare me. I think everybody's been discounting Jimbo for so long that it's almost like a look-past game. But, I mean, their front seven looks really dirty. And, uh, you know, I was kind of pulling for Arkansas in that game. But, man, yeah, Arkansas is going to come in desperate. And A&M looked really sharp, in my opinion. Yeah, it's looking like um, college game day. I have no idea what the slate looks like, but college game day may be Texas A&M versus Ole Miss. Yep. That's the way it's looking at the moment. Yeah, uh, uh, that'll be an interest. not to jump too far ahead, but that'll be mm. an interesting matchup, just kind of their run defense versus Judkins. And anyway, can't wait for that one too. Yeah, let's go back in time. We're still looking back at the LSU game. And just so everybody knows, we're recording this on Monday, so we're not – still talking about this on Tuesday. Uh, but you have a situation to where, where do you think this game, this win ranks in the Ole Miss lore? I mean, you start to think about really big wins. And just because with five minutes left, you were down by like nine points. I mean, this is a pretty big deal for Lane Kiffin and this Ole Miss team. Man, great question. Look, uh, I want to uh, – give a quick shout out to Curtis Telfer and Wirt Dunbar. They kind of brought this to my attention in a group text. They were like, look, where do y'all think this game ranks? Is this a top 10 game in our Ole Miss career over the last, I'm 30, hate saying that out loud now, Stephen, but over the last 30 years, um, where does that kind of rank? And immediately, you know, is one second after the game ended and I thought, gosh, I just don't know if, if this is a top 10 game, then I started really diving into it and I put together a list of 
12 or 13 games, and this is right there with it. I mean, one of the games on the list, I thought, you know, the Arkansas game with Corral was just such a great game. But remember, Arkansas wasn't ranked in that game. It was just a barn burner of a game, 52-51. And, I mean, so where does that rank? I mean, anyway, I just – I think kind of diving into it, Stephen, I really thought this had potential to be a top-10 win in my lifetime, which is – hard to believe. And, you know, they were a number 13 team in the nation. Um, so where does that stand? Uh, I, I believe it's, if not a top 10 win ever, it's got to be close, right? Yeah. You have a situation like in 2020, the COVID year um, with that, where Mac Jones was quarterback in Alabama. And I know that Alabama was like one, two or three, somewhere in there ranked, but, this game was like Ole Miss coming back in the fourth quarter. Ole Miss doing to Alabama what Alabama did to Ole Miss that night. So you automatically have the upset, even though it wasn't much of an upset. LSU was favored by two and a half points. But the way being down by nine points with five minutes to go in the game, the defense who for two quarters was completely unable to get off the field and completely getting boat raced by that offense, getting three out of four stops to end that game, to slam the door. Um, I, that makes it almost more impressive than actually just beating the 13th team in the country, which has happened several times. But this is a big moment for Ole Miss, I think. Yeah, yeah and Stephen, you and I kind of talked offline. Um, it, it 100% was the – manner in which the game was won. Um, you know, I think some people gave Ole Miss fans flack for storming the field after beating a number 13 team, but it's just such an emotionally gut-wrenching game the entire time. Uh, I, I don't think anybody ever felt good about it for one second of the game, and I think that was the cause for euphoria. It had storming the field primarily just honestly relief. Yeah, last year LSU stormed the field again after they beat Ole Miss, and Ole Miss was ninth or tenth or somewhere, and that, that it was really similar. Um, the two wins, um, so LSU just doing sour sour grapes about the storm in the field. They need to quit worrying about that, considering they've stormed the field twice in the last decade after beating Ole Miss. Well, I, um, I I also saw you know some people are getting caught up on the fine for storming the field, and that is like the least of my concerns. I do not care what the fine is yeah. at all. That's not not even a discussion point. Now, if they do ever start taking away home games, like we've discussed, I think that that's time to quit storming the field. But if it's a hundred thousand dollar fine, that's chump changed in SEC school. Move on, man. Not even worth discussing. You know, one really cool thing that LSU does that I wish Ole Miss did is they have a GoPro set up in the corner of their radio booth, and it just is on them as they are calling the radio call of the ball game, and it's on YouTube. Oh, that's awesome. So that would be the equivalent of, like, David Kellum being, yes. being live. Yes, yeah. so, so their David Kellum, um, I watched, like, the last – four minutes of him actually calling the game to where you can see their reaction and their body language and what's going on on the field. Now I thought, it, I thought it was pretty cool to see. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. And I, I kind of wish Ole Miss would do something similar to that. I would have loved to have seen the, the uh, Auburn announcer on the kick six versus Bama. Oh, yeah. I mean, like that is such a epic call. Uh, 
you know, that whole series was just unbelievable. Having a GoPro in for a game like that would be unbelievable. Yeah, and, and it would be interesting to see, um, like, you see all the uh, emotions and everything, but maybe David Kellum, and I, and I know David. I mean, he he was there when I was there because, he's Lord, he's been there forever. Uh, but you, I don't know if he he emotes when he talks because everybody jokes about David Yellum and all of that, but I don't yeah. know if he actually emotes to where you can visibly see what's going on with him in the booth because I've never seen that. So it, it, it would be interesting if he is because, you know, me, whenever I talk, I talk with my hands and I'm always going around like this. Um, you know, maybe David Kellum is just going absolutely nuts and he just looks just like this, just very stoic and still. And, and so maybe it's not intriguing video, but I think it would be pretty cool because you can see the messages being passed and things like that. It, I, I think it would be cool. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, David Kellum's probably seen plenty of heartbreak and mm. it, he uh, he probably is pretty stoic about it. That's a good adjective. Yeah, and also it would be good to go in a game like this. There's people that have watched the broadcast that would like to hear the radio broadcast. So it's up on YouTube for all time. So you can hear that reaction and see the visible reaction on David Kellum whenever the ball goes incomplete and Ole Miss wins that game. Cause I imagine that would be a really cool shot. For sure. Absolutely. Like uh, one of my favorite David Kellum calls ever was uh, when Tunzel caught the pass in the sugar bowl. Mm. And uh, his line was something along the lines of, and the big man trots into the end zone. It's Laramie Tunzel. And it, that was just electric. I would have loved to have mm -hmm. seen that, you know, right as halftime's ending in the Sugar Bowl. I mean, that that's incredible. I would have loved to have seen that for sure. Yeah, I, I, th I think that needs to be our new thing that we campaign for is just a camera on the um, radio feed and broadcast that out. I don't care if it's on the Ole Miss official YouTube page. I don't care if it's on the Super Talk official YouTube page. I think that would be really cool. Um, to to blast out so that so everybody can see the day of because basically what's going to happen is people are going to go into comments and really cool things they're going to note the time and you can just click that link and go straight to it and I yeah. think that would that would be really cool I, I I I know we're off track a little bit here but yeah that that would I I would watch that I would look at that I watched the LSU broadcast. Yeah, and even like incorporating it into the season for like the uh, the cinematography majors or whatever, you know, the YouTube series, the season, that would be awesome. You know, that's kind of the insider access that people who watch that YouTube documentary are looking for. Anyway, we can pivot, but uh, I yeah, think that'd be awesome. They, I think they should have GoPros in there and they should have GoPros in the staff room as well so yes the thing like the chris parchers where you saw all the belly and all that anytime there's a big <laughs> yeah. play you you have that to go to as well yeah I, I think it would be really cool i but you know what what do we know but yeah. we'd watch it yeah. so pivoting a little bit to the arkansas razorback this this is a game that is always drunk this is a game that is always nuts if you look at the last two games in this series and everybody's going to look at the scores and they think nothing's going on. But you have the 52 to 51 game that happened in 2021 with Matt Corral. Unbelievable game that got done. The year before, you had the six interception game 
the year after you had the Lane Kiffin to Auburn game to where the announcers were all talking about all of that going on. It's something about this game that causes all the weird stuff to happen. And I'm wondering if this is going to be the normal game to where Ole Miss just kind of boat races and moves on to the next one. Well, well, look, the saving grace is against Arkansas, a lot of our problems have been in Fayetteville, I feel like. Um, a lot of those losses have been in Fayetteville. Obviously, this is a home game this year. Um, I don't have it in front of me, Stephen, but I feel like in Fayetteville, we've lost like the last seven or something like that. That may be wrong. I think it's 2008. I think yeah, it's been since 2001. Probably about right then. But all that to say, I mean, thank God this one's at home. You know, I don't. I haven't seen the line yet on it. Uh, I'm guessing oh, we're favored by eleven and a half. Oh wow, that's higher than I thought. Honestly, yeah. I don't. I don't know what I think about that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Arkansas is not Arkansas a bad. Arkansas is not very good. Well, I was about to say I don't think they're necessarily deemed a bad team, Stephen. I mean, they. It's they have, you know, they have KJ Jefferson, who is yeah, an elite quarterback. Nobody can take that Rocket away. He's Sanders. a really good player. Rocket Sanders has been hurt most of the year. He's come, He didn't look that great against A&M. Yep. He couldn't look fine. But outside of that, their defense is meh. Their offensive line is meh. Their wide receivers, they're one of their best wide receivers is a transfer from a D2 school. It, it, it's just a situation that there's a whole lot of meh. And they're doing a little bit. Arkansas is doing kind of what Cam Newton did at Auburn to where that team had no business winning the national championship. Just Cam was just so much better than everybody else. Arkansas has no business going to a bowl game, but K but KJ is going to get them to Birmingham. Well, look, I, mean, that, also, I think that's what we're looking at. You know, the big thing about this season, I feel like, is where does the SEC West rack up? Now we're starting to get a few defined roles within who's where within the SEC. I mean – I would not put Arkansas at the bottom of the SEC West right now. Um, no, that's Mississippi State. That's yeah. firmly Mississippi State. Yeah, and you know, I think a lot will. I think a lot depends on our game for them too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously they lost a close-ish game to A&M, but it kind of ran away at the end. But I mean, this is a team that still scares me for sure. Maybe it's a. Oh, yeah. Just because of the drunkenness of the game in Vaught Hemingway yep. Stadium. We know something weird's going to happen. We just don't know what. Yep. And um, yeah, 11 and a half is a, uh, a lot stronger line than I was expecting. I was expecting somewhere around eight, eight and a half, uh, maybe yeah. seven, somewhere in there. But Chad, um, Chad Morris line. Yeah. I just, uh, I don't know, Steven. I'm, I'm probably not even, I probably have no commentary on that, on that line. How about that? Yeah, it, it's pretty interesting. I think Ole Miss is going to cover it. I, 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 everybody tells me that Ole Miss and Ar Arkansas is going to come down and play hard. And I get that Arkansas always plays Ole Miss well, all of this stuff. But at a certain point, a bad team is just bad. And whenever KJ becomes the focal point of that team, which everybody on Ole Miss's team is going to be focused on KJ and Rocket Sanders, those two not beating Ole Miss in the run game. And if you eliminate that and force him to throw the football, how is Arkansas going to keep up with how much we're scoring? I agree with that 100%. Look, yeah. I think that's everybody's game plan, though, playing Arkansas. I mean, I don't think that's necessarily a secret. 
And had this been an 11 o'clock game, I would be even more concerned, um, you know, coming yeah. off a big win versus LSU, maybe come out a little sloppy in the beginning. But, you know, this is a night game. I think the stadium will be slammed. I don't think there will be any letdown in, in capacity, anything like that. Um, I think it'll be really loud. Um, yeah, I mean, th- this is probably pretty close to a sold-out game, in my opinion. I mean, I think everybody's really feeling good about the trajectory of the team in comparison to this time last week. As of Monday afternoon, there was 1,500 tickets left for this Arkansas game. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, um, so yeah. it, it's going it's going to be a hard sellout, just like yeah. the LSU game was, which that's awesome because this team deserves it. Because for sure. I've, been, I've been pounding the drum on this for months that this is the most talented team that Ole Miss has put on the field in my lifetime. And – Everybody is going to watch this team and they're feeding on the energy and they're handling adversity and all of the stuff to where people say you cannot be a transfer school and all of those things. Ole Miss is kind of proving right now that it might take a little bit. You might be a little bit of a yo-yo team, but the highs have a chance to be really, really high. Now, I have a question for you, Pratt. Sure. NFL draft, one of the NFL draft sites were raking quarterbacks and they ranked Jackson Dart as the number 31 quarterback in the 2024 draft. And if that happens, Jackson, yeah. And if that happens, Jackson Dart is coming back. He's he's going to play because that that's not a draftable grade. Was this a preseason? Um was probably that yeah. that's probably likely what it was but if that's where Jackson's coming from and that's where he's starting I mean they had Shador Sanders number three so maybe they've updated it since the beginning of September um, but if that happens Jackson's coming back Ole Miss is the better for it because let me be clear with everybody I've thought that Jackson Dart was throw for 3,500 yards, 30 touchdowns, and five interceptions and go pro because he earned it. Now it looks like he's going to do that, and the draft grades being as weird as they are, I think Ole Miss might have a chance to keep him. And if Ole Miss has a chance to keep him, go ahead and book tickets in that 12-team playoff next year, folks. Yeah, I mean, that could be a super special team. And, you know, yeah. I mean, we will be having a lot of quarterback controversy discussions if he stays for the 2024 season because I guys think, like, I don't, I don't think ahead. you have to worry about Walker Howard because Walker Howard's stuck. There's really nowhere to go. Um, Austin Simmons, that would probably be an, an interesting situation, but I don't know that he would necessarily run either because this is the thing with Austin Simmons. In 2024, in December, he will get his bachelor's degree. So he might not transfer because he's so close literally to his degree. Did you mean his uh, high school degree? Is that what you're saying? No, his bachelor's degree. December of 2024, Austin Simmons is supposed to graduate from college. That is unbelievable. I knew he had like collegiate credit, but I had no idea. That is unbelievable. Yeah, and that, and I think that it, I can't remember exactly where I heard that, but I think I heard that from his father. Doesn't he? Ha- didn't he have like a five point three GPA or something ridiculous coming out of high school? Yeah, that's just because it was all AP credits and things yeah, like that. Yeah, it's just yeah, and it's, they they do all, like it was normally just a four point scale when I yeah, was school. Yeah, but, same. Yeah, and it's like what? Well, hey, 
It's interesting. Austin Simmons, he flashes. He has all the talent in the world. He is going, if Jackson Dart goes pro, which still is, listen to everybody, that's still a legit possibility. I mean, the way that Jackson's going and the way this could go in the next three months, yes, December could look completely different for him. But if that happens and he goes pro, Austin Simmons and Walker Howard's going to be the greatest quarterback competition in the history of Ole Miss. That is going to be an absolute war, and Ole Miss is going to be better for it, whoever wins the job. Man, it is just looking back. I know we – I don't even want to bring it up today, but Spencer Sanders, I mean, just such a weird deal now. I mean, looking back at how much progress Dart's already made through five games of the season, I mean, kind of just a weird spot for him. You know, I just uh, – you know, I hope that the future holds bright things for him. Yeah, and, I, and I'm sure he's going to be all right. He still has the Louisiana Monroe game, the Vandy game, um, a, a couple of games on the schedule, the Mississippi State game where he could get some mop-up duty. Um, but, I mean, it, he thought he was coming in to start. And, and one of the things I said when all this happened, he always said he always will bet on himself. And that, you know, that's fine. That's great. Always bet on yourself. But when you bet, there's a chance you lose. If you, if it's otherwise, it would not be called a bet. Yep. And, and it, it just happened. And it might be a situation where he's going to get some mop up duty. Spencer Sanders is the type quarterback that has a chance to be a 10 year CFL vet. I, I mean, he is perfect for up there. Are you and surprised I, about the lack of utilization he's had thus far? I mean, like, you know, well, you and I talked yeah. about the Bama game, maybe getting some getting some action in that game. I think he got one yeah. snap when Dart's helmet came off. Like, You made it through Alabama and LSU without it. And now it's at the point, it's just Jackson's team. Yeah. I mean, and, and honestly, if you look at the way you played against LSU, it should be. For sure. And, I mean, you, you feel bad for Spencer, but – at the end of the day, he what happened in the reality thing is he decided to go into the transfer portal potentially because he, he wanted to get paid. I mean, there's people that do all, that all the time. And then whenever he saw it wasn't as favorable as he thought it would be, he tried to go back to Oklahoma State, but their coach is basically an old curmudgeon. He's basically Dabo Sweeney on crack, and they don't do the transfer portal, and he wasn't welcomed back. And at that point, he had to find a place to go. And there was like, a, I think if I'm not mistaken, there was like a week left um, until school started or something like that. And if he wanted to be a starting quarterback, he had to be in there in spring. And we heard about Auburn and we heard about Ole Miss. And I think Lane Kiffin took him so Auburn couldn't, honestly. And just in case it didn't work out with Jackson in the spring practice, which it obviously we know it did, um, he'd have an insurance policy and it wouldn't have to go to like Walker or Austin Simmons or any, you know, something like that. So he had Spencer in there as an insurance policy, but Jackson, you know, proved that it was not necessary. And at that point, Spencer was like, Hey, hold a clipboard, play in the CFL, save some hits from your body. Yep. Not yeah. a bad lifestyle though. Yeah. Maybe not the yeah, dream, but not a, also not a, not in the cellar. How about that? Jer- Jeremiah Masoli played in the Canadian Football League until this year. He got hurt this year, so I that guess is technically, still, yeah, he's still there. So up there, they play a different brand of football, and quarterbacks like Masoli and like Spencer Sanders, they can do do pretty well. Jackson Dart, 
like I said, his NFL draft stock, I think, is going to skyrocket over the next three months. But if it doesn't and he decides to come back, this is the playoff team next year. Well, look, I think, that, I think that one thing we both agreed on and one adjective we used to describe the LSU game was resiliency. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I'm just proud to see that in this team. And, um, you know, if you can carry that kind of mindset into 24, I think things can be really special. Listen, I, I'm, I'm probably about to use profanity. I might not, but I might. Whenever you go into the first, second and third quarter and you just get your ass kicked, for lack of a better word, by LSU, the defense could do no wrong. They could not – I mean, the defense could do no right. They could not stop LSU, could not get a stop. And then somehow in the third quarter – and I mean the fourth quarter, you're able to get three out of four stops and allow your team to win the game. That is why Pete Golding was hired. That's why he was brought in. In a game like Arkansas where nobody could get a stop, or a game like that Alabama game when it could get absolutely weird because Lane plays an offensive system where games can get weird at times. Can you find a way to get the stop? And Pete Golding gets all that money to make that stop, to figure it out. And three out of four stops in the fourth quarter, Ole Miss won 21-7. to to close out that game, absolutely fantastic. Pete Golding gave up 49 points and was one of the stars of that football game. That is the weirdest thing ever. Yeah, it's also just a confidence thing. It's like, mm. you know, he's been there, done that, and when the chips are on the table, everybody, I feel like, in the fan base has faith. He'll get it done and figure it out. And that's kind of what you want in a leader, a CEO of a company, whatever that may be, when – Times get tough. You want to be able to look at your go-to guys and say, hey, man, big-time players step up and make big-time plays and big-time scenarios. And Golding, had, for for lack of a better term, had to make big-time plays calling the defense. And that that's kind of what happened. You know, and last year um, when he was at Alabama down at Tiger Stadium, he wasn't able to get the stop. LSU went down and won the game, I think, in overtime or something like that. Jaden Daniels got hot. Just like he did in Oxford, he wasn't able to get that stop. And so maybe it took him seven quarters to figure it out, but at the end he figured out something that would work against that offensive team. Um, so I, I, I'm pretty fired up. Anyway, before we get out of here, we've been on, we've been on for nearly a half hour. Um, tell me who you think is going to win Saturday. Give me a score prediction. Man, that's tough. Knowing the line is, what'd you say, 11 and a half, right? 11 and a half. 11 and a half. I think, man, that's that's high, but, you know, I'll, I'll say Ole Miss wins by 10. It's comfortable, but, um, you know, I'll say 31, 21, good guys, something like that. Okay. Okay, that, that's a good way to go. And I'll, I'll give my prediction during – Thursday show whenever we do the crossover I'm still trying to set that up with John neighbors um so you'll get to hear my prediction then but as well, somebody I- said um I would pick Ole Miss to win against the Philadelphia Eagles and <laughs> we would well let me ask you before we get out of here do you see us implementing uh you know uh Suntering Perkins as a spy against KJ anything oh yeah like that Jay, yeah. Jay Daniels was faster than everybody on Ole Miss's defense Literally every single player. Santarian Perkins is faster than KJ Jefferson. So this is going to be a situation that looks more like Jalen Milrow than um Jaden Daniels. 
um, just due to the athleticism. Now, it's hard to tackle. I mean, KJ is probably 30 pounds heavier than yeah. Suntarian. But I do think that that, that is going to be the avenue for success. Ole Miss needs to win this game. Just win this game by one point, get to the halfway point at five and one, and this has a chance to get fun as the season progresses. All righty. Good deal. I agree. All right. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Pratt, thank you so much for joining the show. We'll talk to you next week, buddy. Thanks, Stephen. See you, man. All right. Hotty toddy.